Shalacia Harris, your host of Buzzworthy. I'm going to be sitting down with our unique guests, entrepreneurs, and passionate people to help tell their stories about problems they're solving and their unique solutions. Sandra, I'm so excited to have you here today um, to talk about Civic Connect. But first, we're going to jump into your background um, and tell us a little bit more about you and what prepared you to become an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you. I uh, appreciate the invite and uh, having me on this and sharing uh, what Civic Connect is and giving you an insight of um, how it came to be. Um, I guess uh, the journey or what really brought me here is uh, my program back at Brock University, my passion for, um, you know, civic engagement and uh, youth and just community outreach and at large, um, but also the friends that I've made along the way and um, sharing that same vision and uh, brought us to uh, where Civic Connect is right now. Amazing. So what program were you in at Brock University when you were there? Um, so I did the uh, dual degree. I did a political science, uh, a bachelor's in political science, and I did a uh, diploma in paralegal. Um, and I started at Brock as uh, fall of 2017. And then I graduated just this past fall uh, of 2021. Congratulations. That's huge. And Civic Connect definitely started before you graduated. So tell me about yeah. juggling, being a student and starting a business. Yeah. So it was, I think it was just, you know, the, the interest in the passion for you know, taking on as much extracurriculars as possible. Um, I, I was one of those that didn't know how to shut off my brain um, and always found myself like, why did I tack on so many things? But uh, it was uh, it was myself and my one of my co-founders, Hope. Uh, we met in first year. We actually ran against each other for uh, a political science rep position. And uh, we met, we met, we uh, took classes and fostered that relationship. And then uh, we started doing these first vote conferences uh, with our other friends um, and now co-founders, Nurhaj and uh, Kayleen Jackson. Uh, so we, we ran those, we facilitated those conferences uh, for a few, I think two years in a row, and then decided to take it on even bigger and actually incorporate as a nonprofit um, known as Civic Connect today. Wow. So it just came out of some really good competition among the group. And you're like, why compete anymore? Let's just work together and, you know, create these incredible opportunities for young people to learn to become more civically engaged. Yeah, um, I think it's going into university, um, even from my time during high school, like I, I always wanted to be um, involved with a lot of, you know, clubs and volunteer opportunities and whatnot, just because I loved um, having that aspect of community um, outreach and giving back to the community, serving the community kind of thing. And uh, so that was kind of, I carried that with me to university um, with different clubs that I was on, teams and all that. Um, so that just kind of went um, hand in hand and made me uh, want to, you know, take my passion to the next level. So what was it about these conferences and the team of you guys that put these conferences together that made you say, 
let's incorporate. This is the right thing to do. We are going to start an actual enterprise out of this and build it from there. What was that moment? Yeah. Uh, so during our studies um, with political science, uh, there was a few papers that we had researched uh, just in various different courses. And uh, I think, so Hope and I were in the same year um, and we were taking the same classes. Uh, some of them were the same. And I remember this one class we had, can't remember the exact name, but I remember it was like a full year course. And the one topic really caught my eyes. And I think, um, I think Hope would probably be on the same page here. Uh, it was the disconnect in youth uh, voting during elections. Uh, there was a huge um, low voter turnout amongst youth just because, you know, they're, they don't really know anything about politics. They don't really care for it. They don't know how government works, all of that kind of stuff that, light, that leads them to being disengaged um, with how government works and voting and all that. And so um, writing a few papers and whatnot and researching more into it, really saw a disconnect there and and that age category is, is was us right like it was I see I see myself and my colleagues during our program we were engaged because that's what we were studying but I look at the rest like I with my roommates I would ask them and they would just you know be like I don't I don't know anything so they didn't really care for it okay. and um, so that point of disconnect really was a driving factor into doing something about it and meeting like-minded individuals um, I had met Nora and Kayleen through Brock Model United Nations Club. Um, mm -hmm. That was another extra, extracurricular that I had done. And uh, we kind of came together and uh, facilitated those conferences, the first vote conference. And we would invite um, first time voters from the Dish Niagara District School Board. Um, so those would, have, would be like grade 12 students heading into their first time uh, of voting. And uh, we would facilitate a conference where we would have, you know, guest speakers, one of our professors would give a keynote uh, lecture about how government works, and we would do different workshops to uh, educate them more about um, the workings of government and the different parties and, you know, what, the, what each party stands for and all that uh, from a non-biased um, uh, perspective so that they are aware of what's out there and what their options are and where they might stand. Um, so that's that's pretty much how we kind of we saw that problem through our studies and we wanted to do something about it and we were fortunate to have a supportive community through brock university and um, the niagara region and the district school board that were able to kind of come together and um, support this initiative and when you had young people actually show up to this conference what was their response to learning about how our society and our government actually works? Um, I want to say they were um, very intrigued by it. And uh, you could kind of, uh, I remember every time like we would talk about the different values that every party has or wherever you land on the spectrum, for example, they you know, be like, oh, I, I fall there or I do that or yeah, that matches with what I think and these kind of things. And you can kind of see um them in little groupings like talk more about it as we're like giving them more information they would talk about it or um key pieces um in media uh whether it's like what's happening with government right now or anything that really goes um uh very 
popular in, in media right now or anything that goes on Twitter, for example, those platforms where youth are on and that's, you know, the way that you would reach them, they would start bringing it up and be like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense because I saw this on social media and it makes sense with, you know, the theory that we're bringing uh, or we're educating them about at the conference. Um, so it's like their, um, their light bulbs were going on going off um as they're like connecting the pieces connecting the theory that they were learning about in, in the, at the conference and then the substantive the content that they they've seen in the media and social media and all all those platforms that's fantastic and i think a lot of people think that youth aren't necessarily interested in politics but we don't necessarily give them the right information to um help them participate, help them make an informed decision and help them understand why their voice matters. And just from just for your own words for the listeners, why why is voting and participating in and holding your civic duty important for for our communities and society? Yeah, uh, this is this is the question that I think we get asked all the time during the four years of being in political science and the message that we try to spread to all of our friends and roommates and family and whatnot. Um, it really comes to uh, doing your duty. Um, you, you have that duty. Um, you have that democratic right. Uh, what a lot of people don't sometimes realize is the value of that right. Um, you know, if you've come from different countries or if you've edu- or if you learned about other countries and their political systems, you realize how important that vote is because uh, you realize the way their life is over there and what their society might look like or what their economic status would be or whatever. And, and then it really clicks and you realize, okay, the, my vote here really does matter because for somebody else that doesn't have that vote, that's kind of their circumstance and they're limited to, to, with those resources. So um, realizing that your vote matters and you get to basically say like, this is my choice and this is who I want to represent me, right? Whether it's at the municipal level or all the way at the federal level, um, you, you get to really see the impact. Uh, of course, municipal level, you would see it most closely because that's what you're seeing every day, right? Like repairing your roads and um, your power and whatnot, like that's very like day-to-day stuff. But then all the way at the very federal level where it's like high level items such as um, uh, taking care of the airports or whatnot, like at that very high level. But then you also have the provincial level where it's like, you know, your healthcare and then your education, which is like something that you're probably with most of your life, your education at least up until uh, post-secondary, but then also your healthcare that really you're, you're, you're using pretty much every day, right? You really get to see the impact that you have with that vote. Um, again, from either municipal level, very like um, low level uh, in your community to the very um, high level up there with, with federal government. Absolutely. And we do have an election coming up soon on June 2nd. And uh, this is obviously a provincial election. How do people now go ahead and participate in this provincial election? They might feel a little bit removed from it, but as you were saying, you know, these are things that would affect things like our healthcare system and our education. And that's sort of the level of the government that um, we'd be voting for this June. Why should people participate in this election specifically? 
Um, I think for this election specifically, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, just because of COVID and everything that came came with. Um, people have really seen the powers of government and what they're capable of doing, and where those powers fall under. Right? Um, like there was a lot of um, policies that were rolling out, and people were really starting to understand that. The difference between what a provincial government is capable of doing and what a federal is capable of doing. They were understanding that the mandates at airports and traveling was federal, but then you look at provincial and that's where a lot of the lockdowns were, like that's where the lockdown policies were coming out of whatnot. So with what's been happening the past, I want to say what, two years now that we've been in COVID? Um, Crazy, but uh, people are starting to or maybe this is just one of the circumstances so far that they're they're seeing that different uh, the different levels of uh, government and their powers, um, and a lot of what uh, the governments were doing. Now people are starting to see okay, this does uh, this aligns with my values or this doesn't align with, uh, align with my values, and now they're starting to see that there's um, there, there 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 is a power in my vote like i have that power to go and make my choice and who i want to represent me um a lot of what's been going on uh with people voicing their beliefs and values um now it's like okay it's the time to actually take make action uh, take action and show that on your ballot and and make that choice um so yeah i, I do believe this time around, um, I'm sure obviously every election cycle, there is like one major event that really gets people all up and running to like the, 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 the ballots and, and voting. Uh, but this, especially because it's, you know, it's a pandemic that we've seen for so many, for two or yeah, two years now and uh, seeing the impact that it has on us, whether we were in school or jobs or wherever people are at, um, they're, they're understanding it more and they're, and they're ready to, uh, head to the ballots and make a choice of who they want. Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely going to hope to have some information live for everyone to know who and what they can vote for and when they should be voting um, over the next few weeks as we roll up to June 2nd as we cast our ballots. So thanks for like straying with me a little bit into a little bit more of a political conversation. But yep. knowing that Civic Connect started out of this need for more civic engagement, let's dive right back into uh, why we're here in the first place. Absolutely. So with Civic Connect, you incorporated, you determined that you're going to go ahead and you're going to make something of it. What, what is the mandate of Civic Connect when you started? Yeah. So just after the first few first vote conferences that we did, obviously elections happen every so many years, every four years. Um, we realized it's more than just political disengagement. It's also political, um, it's youth skill development that's, that was lacking. Um, the, the, the need for youth to develop those skills and um, employ them in their you know, careers and first jobs and whatnot. Um, so with that in mind, we decided to incorporate as Civic Connect and uh, br- uh, expand our mission to youth skill development, career building, 
um, and connecting with small businesses in the community. Uh, so that's really where we're at now. Um, recently, uh, I believe in May of 2021, uh, we had applied and we were granted the skills development uh, grant from the Ontario Ministry of Labor. And uh, that's where we build uh, a youth skills studio. And that's what we're doing now. And that's what we're working on now. And it's, the mandate of it is to connect youth and small businesses together. And they both walk away with um, benefits. Um, we saw there was, a, there, was a, there was a gap with youth and, you know, not having the necessary skills to um, start their first job or uh, start a job in their in, the, in their industry and what they wanted to do. But also on the flip side, seeing the small business community struggle uh, during COVID, but also just in, in general, because they don't have the resources or uh, the capacity to expand their digital presence. And so really those where those two entities come in and help each other out. Uh, where the youth work on real-life projects in web development, digital marketing, and IT systems administration. And they get that real-life skills and uh, uh, work experience while the small businesses are getting those services to enhance their business and grow it digitally. Which is absolutely amazing and such a great um, intersection because we know a really hot topic is sort of the lack of talent that we have in a lot of these spaces. And we're looking to bring talent from outside of our countries in both Canada and the US. And so being able to address that gap, which is obviously a bigger gap and bringing everything together from like a community and a grassroots standpoint, I think is really insightful of you and your team to, you know, address such a prominent problem because when we don't have opportunities for young people to engage in um, and just meet the day-to-day needs of their lives or meet the expectations that they had, all right, I went to school, I graduated, but I still can't get a job because I don't have three to five years of experience. Exactly. And, you know, those expectations from the businesses, because they do want quality work done because they're spending money there. um, And you're sort of saying, hey, come get this experience. It's like an extended co-op outside of your university or college experience, which I think is absolutely needed and um, that more communities should have because that tangible skill is going to take you a lot further. So super, super impressed by that. And tell me a little bit more about how you built the team to help students develop these real tangible skills and then attract the right businesses who were willing to engage and help get help to digitize themselves. Yeah, so the breakdown of our team and how we basically uh, work. uh, So the Youth Skill Studio, it's uh, basically there's the operations team and there's the programming. So the, the point of the Youth Skills Studio is not to only give the technical training, the technical skills, but only the, but also the soft skills. Um, something that uh, as, as a youth working their first job, they would get the technical skills, the actual whatever their job is, but sometimes they lack on developing the soft skills. It's something that they have to kind of just pick up along the way. 
uh, but there might not be like a specific programming to develop their soft skills, or they might have never had that soft skills experience. And now they're having problems interacting with their coworkers or uh, problem solving or whatnot. So the youth, youth skill studio brings that together. They're, they're getting both kind of set of skills, the technical and the, and the soft skills. So they're able to step into the workforce. And so there is the programming department that runs uh, and facilitates the soft skills um, workshops and programs. Uh, but there's also the operations, which is mainly where I work out of as the client outreach administrator. And uh, we kind of do the, uh, we take on the, the small business projects, uh, whether again, as in web development or marketing or um, IT, and we provide those uh, clients to the associates so they could work on them. Um, so there's those three strengths of services that we offer. Um, there's about 15 associates in each stream. And uh, what we do is we group the associates in groups of three or two sometimes so they can get that teamwork experience um, and that problem solving experience. And each stream is supervised uh, by a technical supervisor. They're the, ex the experienced member in that uh, industry so they can provide the actual technical training. Mm. Um, so in that kind of environment you you get the technical training uh, from your supervisor you get that teamwork experience in your team of three or two um, and then you're also getting those uh, programming sessions uh, with the programming team to really develop a holistic kind of um, experience there that's absolutely amazing and what i really love is that you're not looking at just that tangible experience because going into the workforce, like you said, does require, yes, those hard skills, but soft skills are just as important, especially as the workforce becomes more diverse. There are different ways to communicate. Um, we need to be more cognizant of folks with other needs like accessibility, understanding different cultures and those are, those are things that people don't really learn unless they really get the experience. And so, like, again, I said, this is incredible that you guys have connected this, but let's go back to sort of more of the entrepreneurial journey of this. What were some of the challenges um, that you found as you started to try and develop this, develop Civic Connect? Um. I would definitely say uh, starting a nonprofit from scratch really requires um, the founders to wear a million different hats, right? Whether it's marketing or financing or just the admin work um, or constantly looking out to apply for grants to run the programs and keep it operational. There is like a lot of hats that you end up wearing and a lot of skills you end up learning. Um, it's, it's a lot of legal work, um, with, you know, government and registering everything to ensuring that, you know, you're doing everything right in terms of financing and, uh, you know, auditing and reporting back, um, but also setting out the overview and the process procedures for the nonprofit itself internally, uh, right? Like you've got the board of directors, you've got the actual youth skills studio that's operating the program. Um, there's, there's a lot of different aspects that you kind of have to look into and make sure everything is uh, running smoothly, um, especially when 
you start um, dealing with government money and government funding and different partners in the community. For example, uh, with the grant that we currently have, we are partnered with the town of Lincoln um, on the grant. And so there's a lot of different uh, stakeholders and members within the community that we have to keep in touch with and report to and all, all, of, all of those things. And what did that teach you about you as um, a social entrepreneur? Did you yeah. learn anything about yourself through all of this getting started with Civic Connect? I think the one thing for sure I've learned from the very start of First Vote to, to today, it's it's the multitasking and the time management, uh, especially in the early days when we were still in school um, during undergrad. It's, it was a lot of multitasking and uh, time management in terms of, you know, like running the logistics of the actual conferences, uh, but also um, keeping up to uh, keeping up with the due dates um, and the different members that you have to uh, keep informed and update. Uh, I know during the first vote days, it was a lot with um, you're dealing with youth and, and kids really, right? So there's a lot of communication going on with the, with the school board and all of those logistics of having those youth come out and um, it is a responsibility at the end of the day to have those kids come out. So all the waivers and all the legal work that has to be done, um, it, it, it gives you a sense of responsibility, but also um, learning how to manage a million things that are flowing at you um, while continuously trying to advance your, your mission really and your passion. Yeah. That's incredible. I don't know how you did it while you were still doing your undergrad. Um, I can only imagine that being a ton of work, but now you're about a year in since you've gotten the grant. Mm -hmm. um, what's been the success and the feedback coming out of the program so far since it's been just about a year? Yeah, um we've basically beat every single metric that we've put down uh, in our original grant application. And I would definitely have to give um, a huge round of applause to my co-founders and all my colleagues that really are constantly pushing um, those goals and exceeding them continuously. Um, we've had over, I believe, a few, um, over a hundred associates so far on um, over a hundred uh, completed projects as well. Um, again, from all sorts of different streams, from web dev to IT and marketing, uh, it's 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 been very exciting to see and and exciting to report back to uh, the ministry and to tell them that this is successful and this is going great. And uh, both entities that we're helping are loving it. The the fact that the youth um, at the end of it they walk away with not only the skills learned, but the friendships that they're fostering um, and the businesses that are walking away with, you know, uh, starting out from barely being available anywhere digitally to now having those platforms and being, uh, and being able to reach their customers and all of that and uh, getting those services that they never thought they would get um, because they, you know, they're either unfamiliar with it or they're just um, too scared to, to, to take that, um, pro to take the project on. Yeah, it really is a game changer when um, the world sort of shuts down and no one's able to just walk into your business and 
you know, you actually had to be shut down from a, like a regulation standpoint and mm-hmm. different policies that were coming in to now literally being available almost 24 seven um, in the digital world and in the digital age that we live in. So that absolutely is um, transforming for the businesses. And it's great to see that these results came out of an idea that started from, you know, conferences and then turning into filling this gap with creating real tangible and social skills um, that help propel our youth into into their careers. But with all of that, that responsibility that you create by teaching all of those skills, it all sort of leads back to that level of ownership that they can take over something that ultimately can further lead into how they live their lives and how they further participate in the community by being an active member, by working, by lending their skills and growing their skills and building building the economy ultimately. 100%. Uh, one thing that I've always um, kept in mind and just always advise people uh, when they're looking for advice to, you know, how to get involved and uh, diversify their resume, for example, like start to grow it and how to uh, really uh, get those opportunities. Is it's it, Most of the time it all comes down to initiative really. Um, the initiative to go out and seek those opportunities to join those to join these clubs and join these uh, different organizations on volunteer basis. I know a lot of the time um, youth start out with looking for that first paid opportunity, but a lot of the times to get to that point, it takes it takes those networking um, events and opportunities to go through and build that network um, and volunteer uh, because sometimes. Uh, volunteering uh, really helps you develop those soft skills, right? Um, you're interacting with different groups, uh, different different age groups and different needs and um, different uh, problem solving uh, situations where you're developing those. And then when it comes time to that first job um, experience or that first job interview that you're heading into, and you're able to showcase all of that just through your volunteer, it shows that, yes, you didn't have that first job experience, but you had those volunteer experiences where you built and garnered all of those skills through them. So now that um, you've sort of, you know, created this space where people can get all of these experiences, how do we take this to the next level? Um, What's next for Civic Connect and how are you looking to expand this? Because it's, been successful, the all of your partners love it. How do you see Civic Connect growing and what are the next steps for it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, fortunately, we uh, just had the announcement being made at our office, the, uh, the Minister of Labor and um, his staff came down, I think a, a week ago, um, to make the official announcement that we have been funded again. Um, for another year to continue with the program and even expand it uh, further. Uh, So we continue to deliver those services in website development, IT and digital marketing, uh, but also expand it to include younger youth that are in high school um, to develop those skills. Um, Of course, they are not yet ready to take on the, the 
the technical uh, skills aspect of delivering real life projects, but we wanted to reach out to them to ensure they have uh, certifications and experiences to get them ready for their first job as they head into that. Um, so we're happy to uh, launch the Connect Link uh, program where essentially um, it's, we don't like to call it camp, but it's, it's, it's a skills development camp where uh, they, they are learning uh, different skills and different, um, uh, different skills to get those different certifications such as CPR or first aid or um, uh, food handling certifications where sometimes you want to apply to those jobs and they're asking you for those already, but you're like, I'm, you know, I'm just a 16 year old kid that don't have this stuff and I don't know how to get that. Uh, but instead they are able through this camp to learn those skills in a team work setting um, for a period of two weeks that they're with us um, and get um, a variety of certifications with us so that um, when they walk into their first job, yeah, they don't have that first job experience beforehand, but they have all of these credentials saying um, that they're ready and they're experienced and they've learned those um, through this experience with us. Mm -hmm. Are you creating sort of partnerships with businesses? So say, for example, the restaurant um, is yeah. looking for new people, they're looking to hire, they're opening. Are we doing partnerships with different groups and different maybe BIAs within different towns and communities to say, okay, if jobs looking for these requirements are available, we have people coming out of our programs in XYZ time that's going to be looking for positions. Mm. Like, are those partnerships being fostered? Uh, that's something definitely we would want to, we want to keep in mind. Um, of course, many of our partners are aware of this new program that we're rolling out on um, the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce and uh, the other organizations that are partnered with us. Uh, they've been made aware of this program that we're rolling out. And it, it is, of course, very new. Uh, but definitely, um, we're, we're hoping to partner with them um, to spread that message that, you know, there is bunch of local youth are getting those skills and certifications to be ready for their first job, especially when, you know, they can't travel far and beyond for, um, a for like, you know, their first job and having their parents having to drive them, whatever, where we're telling them there is youth that are in this town within five minutes, basically, of this business that's ready to work. And they are coming in with these certifications and the skills, even though it's their first job they have been able to train with us and, and, and learn some of these preliminary um, items. Mm -hmm. So, so excited um, that, you know, we're not just starting at, you know, the university and college level, but we're starting at a working age because anyone can get a job from as early as 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So yep. it's, it's time to start getting those experiences and, I actually started working when I was 15 and I had Same. a really cool job with the city of Hamilton at the time. Um, and those are some of the skills and opportunities and exposures that I got that was able to really help me like succeed throughout my career. And I think speaking from a personal standpoint, um, I believe everyone needs to start working at a young age. It teaches you responsibility. It teaches you um 
It teaches you sort of ownership. It gives you the ability to start solving real problems in the world um, that you're experiencing or the ones around you are experiencing. And I think that critical thinking aspect can absolutely start at a younger age. So congrats on that new grant Thank you. Um, that you guys got. I'm really excited to see what Civic Connect is going to continually doing because you're only done your first year. You've gotten another grant um, to kick off another program to address another um, group of youth. And this all started out of, you know, some competition um, back at Brock University by the way, go Badgers, um, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that definitely creates that opportunity for, for youth to really become active and engaged members of the community, especially when they can look back and say, the community did this for me at a young age. I think it's, it's great to have those people eventually come back and give back to the community at a, at a later stage and sort of continue in that cycle of, um, of giving back and nurturing the next generation. Of course, 100%. Um, it's also like on the, on the flip side as well, it's, it's, it's the business community that um, is also being able to take advantage of those um, opportunities and their services and to go their business digitally. Um, obviously, we're, uh, as lockdowns um, are easing up and, you know, everything is kind of going back to normal with the in-person experiences, um, at a time, there was that huge uh, demand for the digital platforms. And that continues just because um, tapping into different generations, uh, they, they use those platforms differently, whether it's shopping online or simply looking for information online and just making sure that your business is, you know, uh, digitally present. Um, so with this new round of funding, it, it's giving those, those businesses another opportunity to uh, partner with us and connect with us and to try and uh, get some of those services um, that would be very helpful and uh, grow their business. Yeah. So if I go back a little bit, and I know we've gone back a few times, <laughs> but um, did you ever imagine yourself starting an organization like this and becoming a social entrepreneur and creating a nonprofit and making such an impact um, before you've even done your university career? Um, not at all. Um, this was never part of the plan. I, I, I don't think this, yeah, I've never thought of um, ever starting a nonprofit or anything really like um, just participating with Frisbo and facilitating that conference. Um, I love the experience. I loved um, connecting with youth, I've always had a passion for mentorship. Um, never thought I would be where I am right now. Um, but seeing that experience with Frisbold and, and, and seeing that there were other colleagues of mine that had the same vision um, really uh, started a, a fire within me, if you want to if you want to say that, and, and, and let up that fire to, to, to keep it going and to expand it further, um, sharing that, that vision. And I guess that's, that's where we are now. Which is, I think, such a great way to end. And I hope that 
you know, our listeners can really take that experience that you're talking about. Sometimes we don't always see the things that we're going to do coming, but surrounding ourselves with the right people and having the right intentions for things can absolutely turn into incredible opportunities and nonprofits like Civic Connect. And it's, it's great to see that you took this passion you fostered this passion with your team and co-founders to create something that is impactful in our society and very, very timely because we know coming out of the pandemic, um, most people that were affected were youth in terms of their careers. And then on the flip side, small businesses that weren't digitally savvy and present. So the timing is impeccable. And I think timing is everything sometimes. So it's been so great chatting with you to learn about Civic Connect, to learn about you and what got this entire story started with Civic Connect. And we can't wait to do some work with you guys um, with Hamilton Hive and ensure that businesses and youth around the community in Lincoln. Um, and even if Civic Connect expands its horizon, um, hopefully you do, which I'm putting that out there for you. Yep. <laughs> um, we can further engage and work together as, as we try to help pair young people with businesses and give them the right skills and give the businesses the right digital experiences to enhance their customers' engagement. Absolutely. Um, To all the listeners out there, if you are a youth and you're looking for that, you know, first real life experience, um, I would advise to head over to our website, civicconnect.ca and uh, see the upcoming opportunities. Um, If you're a small business out there and you're hoping to um, grow your business digitally, whether it's developing a website or kickstarting your digital marketing, um, or even get on to all of the IT um, opportunities that are out there. I would also advise to check us out um, at civicconnect.ca or reach out to our email info at civicconnect.ca, um, and we would be very happy to work together. And we will have all of that information down below in the podcast description. Amazing. In case you missed it or in case you were driving, put your hands <laughs> on the wheel. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> we will get you all of those details. Thank you so much, Sandra. It's been such a pleasure. And I appreciate your patience with um, everything today with a little cough, cough here and there. Um, <laughs> it's been great. And I really am so grateful to have you here today. Absolutely. I'm very, very thankful for Hamilton Hive to having me and uh, having you on the show and speaking about Civic Connect. Um, It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, bye. See you later. A huge thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in every week to hear about our buzzworthy businesses. Don't forget to rate us on whatever platform you're listening and following us at at Hamilton Hive on all of the social media platforms. But most importantly, we want to thank our team of dedicated volunteers who make this podcast possible on a weekly basis. So here we go. Cesar Cardenia, Khalid Imam, James Clark, Trisha Ford, 
Ratri Toon, Hirsch Kumar Patel, Fernando Rodriguez, Yvette R., and yours truly, Shalacia Harris. Don't forget to tune in next Monday for a new episode of Buzzworthy.